We're all about those superheroes here on the Review Review Podcast, but there is another universe of superheroes we have to talk about. Because we got the MCU, we got the DCEU, what about the Shyamalanoverse? I mean, it's more fun to say, obviously, but is it really that good? Well, we're going to take a look at the three films of the Shyamalanoverse, starting with its opener. We're talking about 2000's Unbreakable. Will Bruce Willis and Sam Jackson make this film reach unreachable heights? I'm just making shit up right now. <laughs> we'll find out in a very Mr. Glass edition of the review. Review. Damn pen is blue. <laughs> Welcome to the review review with show or two small town dudes give your big dumb opinions. I'm Troy to the max extreme. I was in a terrible train accident, and I was the only survivor. <laughs> Today we are going over the first entry into the Shyamalaniverse. Yes. Uh, with Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Oh my goodness, JT. Just finished watching this again All mere right. moments ago. I got some things to say. I even sent you a particular topic I want to talk <laughs> about to make sure I don't forget it. Okay. I'll write it. Let me write it down so we make sure we cover I'm Okay. I'm writing it down. I'm sure I won't forget it because <laughs> it, it stuck with me. I'm very curious what you got to say about that uh, thing because I watched it. I'm like, I wonder what he's going to talk about. <laughs> We'll see. We'll get to it. So we're going to get all into Unbreakable at the top of the hour. But before we do any of that, we're going to warm up these chops with a bit of news. You know, <laughs> that probably sounded gross in your little ear holes. A little squishy right. mouth noise. But it probably sounded a lot smoother with these pop guards. Oh, baby. we're getting. It looks so professional in here at this point. I know. We got the boom mics. We got the pop guards. We have our trusty uh, 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 USB mixer board. and uh, We are cooking uh, uh, on all uh, cylinders. Uh, 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 uh. Yes, we are. You're <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> gold-blooming over here. You're so excited. Uh, I'm going to start out, JT, with a little bit of post-holiday news. <gasps> now, the holidays were finally over. Tis they, no longer the season. They were just upon us in full force, but... Before we leave them entirely, I got a bit of holiday movie news for you, JT. Okay. A little bit of results from this past Christmas season. Okay. Do you call it Christmas? Yeah, I always keep Christ in Christmas. <laughs> Good. Uh, 2018's The Grinch, starring Benedict Cumberbatch as yeah. the titular Grinch. Yes. Is now the highest grossing holiday movie of all time, surpassing the first entry of Home Alone from 1990, I think. 
Uh, maybe 92. We'll figure it, it out. It doesn't matter. We'll the first Home Alone, <laughs> The Grinch Beat It, is now the highest grossing holiday movie of all time, making $269 million domestically. <laughs> People really don't go to the movies. Yeah. $269. <laughs> and $230 million. Jesus. I didn't write million after this, and it's yeah. flipping me all up. In the foreign markets... So worldwide, okay. making almost half a billion dollars. But you know what, Troy? I'm going to have to debate you here because is The Grinch a Christmas movie? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Without a shadow of a doubt, it's a Christmas movie. I don't know. His, you don't know if it's this. a Christmas movie. I'll have to look into this. Not only is it set... During Christmas, he dresses as Santa, and his heart grows three sizes because he learns how to love again because of the holiday season. I need a little more convincing here. Oh, my God. Um, still, now, haven't, still haven't convinced me it's a Christmas movie yet. It actually surprised me, for whatever reason, that Home Alone is the highest grossing holiday movie ever. Like, I, I, it's good, so I yeah. get why it could be, but I just was surprised to hear that it was. Macaulay was hot, bro. I know, Macaulay he was, was hot. hot. He was hot for a few years. Not for a few years. Now he's back. In a big way. Yep. Doing Google commercials. Do, doing Google commercials, doing his... At the Home Alone house. Yeah. <laughs> just premiering on random YouTube channels. Uh, so, does this surprise you? Because the Grinch got mediocre reviews from... Yeah. Almost everything. But it's feeding off of that big nostalgia trip that everybody has, where they just, they just want to see what makes them feel good. I guess. I, I remember that. the Grinch. The Grinch made me feel good. See, to me, I'd be like, I remember the Grinch. I'll put in the 20-minute version. <laughs> yeah. And then be done with it. Because I feel like that's about all the, the good... The best parts is just all in this condensed little version of it. Anything yeah. else is just supplementary material that I don't really necessarily I mean, need. Not even seeing the new Grinch, I would probably even think that the Jim Carrey one would be better than this. Mm. So I've heard from from what I've heard of reviews of the newer Grinch, it's that they uh, they don't go too un far enough with it. They don't go far enough. Yeah, like he's just. He's not so much a Grinch as he's just kind of a perturbed green who. Oh. Like, he's even, they don't even, like, make it where it's like he separates himself from the rest of the who's. Like, he has neighbors. And he just lives in town? He yeah. He live on that cold like he mountain? Still, well, he still lives on the mountain, but he, like, he lives close enough to people where, like, he still goes into town and, like, shops and people know him by name and, like, talk to him. I don't like that. Yeah. Fuck this movie. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, Grinch. <laughs> Fuck this. Fuck the holidays. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, check that. Uh, check that. Those charts out for the holiday movies. Yeah. If you're wondering, yes, it did beat Die Hard. If you think it's a movie, because even if it was considered a holiday movie, <laughs> which it is not, it didn't even make Home Alone money. So. Suck on that rat dick. <laughs> sorry, sorry to be you so are bitter. So angry about this whole Die Hard thing. It's. I'm not even gonna go it's into like it. It's like driving you insane. Um. <laughs> JT, I'm gonna jump into some more news. Star Trek Four. Yeah. JJ uh, Abrams 
helmed versions. Yeah. Are, uh, Star Trek 4 is reportedly... What did I write down here? <laughs> Shelved. Oh. That's what I wrote. I, I was like, what, did, what is that did your word? your daughter color over it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Star Trek 4 reportedly shelved by Paramount Pictures. Yeah. Uh, does this surprise you at all? No, because everyone almost dropped out of it. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's kind of non-news. Yeah, because Chris I'm... Pine's out, and isn't someone else out Chris too? Hemsworth's out too. Yeah, Hemsworth's they were gonna come out. Back yeah, he was supposed to come back as big bu- the buff, dad. Big buff, piney dad. Oh, you're going to see big butt fucker. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, I'm not gonna get so crude where I'm gonna call people BFers. <laughs> but uh but yeah, uh, Chris Hemsworth was supposedly gonna make a reappearance in the fourth one, that was rumors. Yeah. Be his uh be Kirk's big buff daddy. <laughs> big buff booty daddy. Uh but that's not gonna happen because those two hot stars are out. Yeah, they're out of there. The most likely if those two are out, everyone else is probably gonna follow suit. Yeah. They can probably just stop them at this point now anyway. Yeah, I mean we've had enough. They had a good three run, and even though uh Star Trek Beyond had like a fairly good outing, I don't think it got the the numbers it wanted. Yeah. I mean then they it's not like Star Trek's dead. They have their own show. Right. They got the. They're. I think they're making another Star Trek show that has uh, um, Patrick Stewart coming back as Jean Luc Picard. Oh, really? Yeah. Man. I think I even saw a picture for that, and he has a beard now. What? Yeah. Oh my. That might be enough to get me get that CBS All Access. I'll tell you what. <laughs> get that Stewart beard. That Stuart beard. I'm not going to get CBS All Access. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now. Anything that CBS does, I am completely in the dark on because they Fuck they are just off doing their own thing. They don't play with Hulu or anything like that. Yeah. You just have to get your own thing to get CBS. Screw it's them. It's not worth it. Not worth it at all. Yeah, play ball, CBS. Play ball. Why don't you play ball? Play ball! <laughs> Put me in, coach. <laughs> I'm ready to play. <laughs> Um, now I don't want to ruin the ending of our little Shyamalan-iverse here. Uh-oh. But there's been advanced showings of Glass. Yeah. I haven't looked too much into them. I just read the headline on this because I don't want to have any spoilers, if real any, Yeah. for the movie. But so far, it's rumored to be a bit of a mess. Okay. <laughs> and that's about all I'm going to say on it. So hopefully I'm proven wrong. Yeah. Um, but I, it doesn't make me look super forward to the end of this road that we're traveling down. See, this is, this is the fun of our show, Troy. We, we spin the wheel of roulette to where when it finally comes down to a film we have to see in theaters, we're like, well, shit, why the hell <laughs> right? did we agree to do this? Yeah, that happens often. <laughs> Almost too often sometimes. It's a cruel joke we play in ourselves. <laughs> Um, and because, uh, the Shyamalaniverse is a bit of a, a tip of the hat to the comic book medium, I got some comic book news, JT. Okay. Uh, DC Comics. Ever heard of them? Uh, Finally, uh, dropped onto that Comixology Unlimited. Okay. So if you were a fan of Comixology and you get your podcast, uh, not podcast, your comics digitally, yeah, you 
if you and you also are subscribed to the unlimited version, which is kind of like a Netflix of that's comic what I was going to ask. Is it like a Netflix for comic books? Yes, it, it is. Does it give you like the latest ones, or the, it's like kind of like spaced out? It gives you a lot of the classics, and it'll probably give you like a first issue or so for free oh, to get you hooked to gotcha. go in and bu- like buy some subsequent issues. Oh, gotcha. Um, I don't personally do it myself. Yeah, which I should because GHD said that he has it. And right after I bought an entire series, the whole thing is free if you have Comixology <laughs> Unlimited, which really chapped my beat red ass. Okay. <laughs> you really go into great detail about your ass on this show. Uh, <laughs> so if you were uh, wondering where the DC Comics were on your Comixology Unlimited, then fear not, fear not no more. Because they are there now for your reading pleasure. Well, Troy, I can't wait to not buy this. That's too bad for you, JT. You're missing out on Doom Patrol and uh, Superman. Okay. I, I, there you go. Two. Okay, cool. Two. Two of them, I said. Two. <laughs> um, two. Count them two. <laughs> also, last bit of news I got, JT. Also comic book related. Yes. And video game related. Video game. That Spider-Man PS4 took the world by storm. Oh, yeah. Before Red Dead 2 came out. Yep. And it is getting a bit of DLC, and that DLC is rumored to be maybe Fantastic Four related, now that Fox has been acquired. Wow. Not entirely yet by Disney, Yeah. but now they are slowly dropping in Fantastic Four here and there on some other of their uh, properties, such as in the comics and then these video games. Leading people to speculate that Uh-oh. possibly coming down the pipeline here, uh, they might be showing up Marvel in the stuff. Marvel Cinematic Universe, which we all kind of expected yeah. anyway. And I mean, but, it'd be it'd be a given since now they're going to have a whole lot of new stars that they have to introduce. Yeah. Now that a lot of people are going to be leaving after uh, Endgame, I'm right. assuming. And I'm uh, already going to assume that there is a script out there. Already for a good Fantastic oh, I'm Four sure. movie. I'm sure. Because I'm I'm fairly certain they've known things are in the works to have this happen. Yeah. Even we've known long enough that there at least could be a script written for this already. Yeah. And so I could see them just fast-tracking it once everything is a done deal. Oh, most definitely. Even if they haven't even already secretly casting people. Yeah. So I would love to see a Fantastic Four movie done by Marvel. I know, uh, I think you've said on here before that uh, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt is, uh, would be a good... Yeah, that's the, inter- that's the internet's rumored pairing for a Fantastic Four movie right now, and I think yeah. I'd, be, I'd be into it. Right. John Krasinski's not like the, uh, they wouldn't take it at like the Fan Four Stick movie where they did him young. <laughs> fan Four Stick. Or like the, uh, the classic version where he's like, Mr. Fantastic is like old and has a like, gray streaks. Yeah. Like he's... Just at right that right age where he's like um he's he's still sexy and oh yeah whatever but he yeah. still has a little bit of uh you know age to him yep. to be debonair you know what I mean yeah and his his face is elastic enough that it makes <laughs> right. that he uh it makes right. uh, certain faces to the camera right he mean mugging all yeah. the time he can mug a lot yeah so well, look look I'm into it that's okay. what I'm trying to say here and. 
You can also be looking for some possible Fantastic Four action for Spider-Man PS4 DLC. Sweet. If you wish to do so. I am. I think I'm pretty close to getting through Red Dead 2, so I think when I'm done with that, I might start going through some of those Spider-Man DLCs. Mm. Is there a lot of them? Uh, they, they had four that were proposed when I bought the game mm-hmm. that are, that are going to be like spaced out through like the next four, four months or so. Okay. So I might start going. I know there's like a black cat one that I heard is pretty fun. Oh yeah. Okay. Sweet deal. Yeah. I've yet to play any of this because I am a fucking pathetic person. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> Oh, if only. You know what I'm saying? If only. <laughs> oh, man. That's all your news, Troy. That's all, That's it. That's it. All right, Troy. Well, uh, I'll get this out of the way. The Golden Globes were this past week, Troy. I caught a bit of them. Yes, you, you did? You saw a little bit of it? I did. What did, what did you see? I saw the first few categories. And, but I, I probably only made it really like a 45 minutes through. I would never be able to watch any of this shit. <laughs> so I think it, uh, Hulu had it on, and Chelsea wanted to see some of it. So yeah, some of it was pretty, uh, pretty bad. Yeah, I heard it. W- there wasn't anything really uh, interesting. <laughs> it was. Um, it was weird. I wasn't really into Sandra O oh and Sandberg as the hosts. I guess. Yeah. They, uh, some of their jokes kind of fell flat. I, I don't know. it. Not that I, I don't even care about this. <laughs> I don't care about why pe- there even has to be hosts. Why can't they just say, we're starting now, and then they just do the awards. Yeah. And that's exactly. it. Exactly. Come on. Or just release it. Just give us the Fucking awards. Cares. Just mail them a trophy. Um, well, one of the things that I thought was really stupid was the winner for Best Motion Picture Drama. Uh-huh. Was Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh. It was up against, like, what? Uh, Black Panther, Black Klansman, mm-hmm. A Star is Born, and If Beale Street Could Talk. Oh. For, and this is drama? Yeah. Okay. And I, uh, Even just listening to those, I feel like A Star is Born should have won. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> my consensus. I think the Star A Star is Born is better than all these, but... Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody is not good. I saw it. I mean, it, it was fine for what it was, but in terms of a movie, especially a biopic, mm-hmm. it's kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I was excited for Bohemian Rhapsody when I heard of it, and I think we both were. And yeah. then, even since like the first trailer, I was just like, yeah, he looks like Freddie Mercury, but he's not really singing. Yeah, and I, there's borderline... Def- like offensive shit in this. Like they kind of treat Freddie Mercury's homosexuality where it's like he got too far into stardom that now he likes dudes. What? Yeah, there's literally Is that like a plot line in this. There's like you're not extrapolating, are no, you? No, I, I, I there's like when they first start diving into his homosexuality, they per, they uh, portray it as he's on the phone to his wife and he's like all in love with her and stuff, and then he just catches a glance of a trucker that's mildly attractive and that winks at him and then it's just like the music like legit like turns and he's like like they literally like go into it where it's like this is like his uh i'm on drugs kind of scenario hmm 
I don't think I like that. No, it's it's bad. <laughs> like Freddie, like Freddie Mercury did some crazy shit, but it's like they're they kind of ignore it and they go into like, no, his homosexuality is what really killed him. Oh boy! Like even like the like the main villain, quote unquote, in this is like a villain, some kind of. Uh, like producer that works with him who's also gay and like convinces him to do all these crazy parties and shit mm. where it's like, come on, Freddie, we have other things to do than to hang out with the band. And they're like having these crazy parties. And then it's like crazy, they, crazy sexy parties. Yeah. Oh, but it's like, they make it, they, <laughs> the movie frames it where it's like his homosexuality killed him and was like the ruin of him and almost the ruin of queen. Oh boy. So that seems a tad troublesome. Yeah. <laughs> I would I kind of want you to see it so I can get your your take on it cuz it, it legit it struck me as like they kind they're kind of really making it seem like him being gay is like a disorder mm. or it's like it's like the part in the movie where it's like and then it went all downhill because he wanted dick. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I See, like, I don't even know if I really want to watch the movie now, because I found out just through you and other reviews that, like, it's not a true-to-life biopic. No. They skew detail of his life to get, like, an emotional reaction. Yeah. And... Well, they say that he has AIDS before he does Live Aid, and he doesn't get AIDS until two years after Live Aid. Yeah. And it's... uh, It's not a true Freddie Mercury biopic. It's, like... Uh, an actual Queen biopic, correct? Am I correct in saying that? <sighs> I think Freddie Mercury is more the focus of it, right. but you can definitely tell, like, well, like pretty much a lot of the the members of Queen are still alive, right? And you can kind of see that in this, where like none of them really come off as like dicks. Like they're always like, "Come on, Freddie." think of the band and then he's like oh fuck all you and then he just like i'm gonna go fuck a dude get out of here and then he's just like like, you're tearing up the band with your gayness pretty much (laughs) i mean i mean it's not to that extent but they like allude to it where it's like freddie you're out of control i don't need to listen to you i want to have my crazy parties where i fuck six dudes at the same time (laughs) see i i died I would rather just see a true-to-life Freddie Mercury biopic. I'd only be watching it because I'm like, I like that song. And I can just listen to the And that's pretty much, I think, the only reason why it's so successful is because they play Queen music constantly, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, that's fun. And I can see like how like constantly playing Queen music could convince you that this is a good movie, because you're having fun throughout. Right. But in the times when they're actually doing story, you're like, this seems mildly homophobic. <laughs> And dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, that's upsetting that it won for best drama, I guess. Yeah. And uh, I think, and Green Book won for best musical or comedy, which I haven't, I heard it's a good movie, but it's like, it's, from what I've heard from people, it's like pretty much like another Driving Miss Daisy, where it's like, you can't have... A movie with a strong African-American lead without the white guy to be like, he's cool in my book. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. So it's like, (laughs) yeah, it's like, 
it's almost kind of upsetting where it's like the more it feels like things are starting to change and come around, the more they're just staying the same. Hmm. That's upsetting. It's yeah. like watching an episode of Friends now and you realize how homophobic it is. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, ooh. <laughs> and you just pull at your collar. This is gonna ooh. back off here. Gonna back off. Um trying to like find the shows. Oh, Roma won for best foreign film. Me and Molly actually finished that. Yeah. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> Good. I actually had I really had no idea of anything about Roma until you were telling me about it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, sounds good. Sounds like a movie I'll probably never end up seeing, but yeah. maybe someday. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse one for Best Animated. Uh-huh. I did see that. Um. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much... It's, I, I've not... like Musical or comedy TV series, The Kaminsky Method, I've never heard of. Right. I saw and, that win, too, and I'm like, hmm, okay. And That's the Americans weird. won for Best Drama, which I kind of figured that would because it was their last season, I think. Oh, was it? So. That, oh, that makes more sense, because there's other things that I th- thought should have won over that one just by watching it. But if you're saying it's their last season, I'm like, eh, okay. Yeah, it's like, I ah, just do whatever give it to them and get, give them the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but, so there you go. We'll see. Solid. Maybe the Oscars will come more to their senses, because a lot of these winners of the Golden Globes suck. <laughs> well, we'll see how the Oscars will go, won't we? Uh, well, I, we probably won't actually see them. See them, but... Yeah, I'm no. not going to watch them. No, of course no. not. <laughs> uh, you brought up earlier how um, the Shyamalanaverse were talking about that tonight, yeah. and uh, how uh, it's newest uh, endeavor glass is not getting the best of reviews right but uh m night Shyamalan said in an interview that this there will be no sequel this is the ending oh of the shamalanaverse hear this definitive end yes says he m says night he's going to give it a definitive end with glass full stop yeah Kay. no more all right that landing better be stuck then huh yeah better. no no twists questioning what could happen next? I don't want to know what happened next. I yeah. want you to tell me what the ending is. Yeah. And then put me to bed. <laughs> Tuck me in. <laughs> Tuck me in, M. Night. <laughs> uh, Troy, there's been, there was a miniature preview on, uh, I think it was an Instagram of HBO for Watchmen. I, when I was looking for news, I saw a bunch of Watchmen coverage out, Yeah, and I just kind of scrolled through some photos. They put out, it looks like like a, a snippet of what would, would be a trailer, where they show, they show the face of Rorschach in it. Like his and, masked face? Yeah. Okay. And uh, it looks interesting. I'm kind of curious on what you think of it, if you ever see it, but it's... It's not like the moving mask at all. Like it looks like either it's burnt or like there's like black spray paint that kind of makes like the Rorschach design on his mask. But it's not moving. It's like an actual like standalone mask. Okay. 
I'm trying to look it up right now. And it looks like an actual, like, bag that's, like, tied there with, like, a string. So it's... I don't know. I'm kind of curious. Like, he almost... <laughs> like a Hessian sack or something like yeah, that? Yeah, like, it kind of... He kind of vaguely looks like a clan member a little bit. <laughs> oh, it's got eye holes cut out? Yeah. Cut too? Yeah. Hmm... I don't know if I like that. I don't know. I'm not going to judge it because uh, from what I've read that they're not going to do a full retelling of Watchmen with it. Like, I think uh, Lindelof is going to take aspects from Watchmen and also maybe aspects from Doomsday Clock. Okay. And uh, kind of develop his own story from there. So I'm not going to completely judge it right away. Hmm. But I'm curious to see how it is because I did. I really like the leftovers that he did with HBO. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. So far, I'm not a fan. So we'll see, won't we? I'll I'll definitely check it out, see what's going on with it. But yeah. I don't know. We'll see. True Detective comes out this week. Right? I saw that. That's I'm right. pretty excited for I it. No, we did a whole. <laughs> season of our show on the worst season of it on the worst season ever of it god bless but i it. i've got uh, i've got uh, high hopes i Me really too. enjoy uh mahershala mahershala ali yeah I'd like to see what he does with it ah, true detective so good it's kind of going to throw season so goddamn good fuck it is oh my <laughs> like i i'm going to be thrown off with it though because it comes out one a week and not yeah. like you're not going to be able to watch the whole thing yeah well we did it one a week when we watched the second season i know i i'm just saying within like a netflix binge culture yeah it's odd now that i'm like what do you mean i got to wait yeah <laughs> just give it to me now daddy <laughs> I, I want it now <laughs> daddy <laughs> <laughs> For whatever reason, that felt so natural to say. <laughs> uh, Troy Denis Villeneuve. Yes. Uh, he was the director of uh, your favorite movie of last year, or two years ago. Two years ago at this point. My uh, Blade goodness. Runner 2049. Mm -hmm. Well, he's currently in the process of making, remaking Dune. Mm -hmm. And he has cast a alum from Blade Runner 2049 oh. with Dave Batista. Batista! Going to be chops. in Dune. Curious to see what it does with it. I, I loved Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, so. I was actually really impressed with Batista in Blade Runner. Even though he had like a small part. It was a super small part, but oh my god, yeah, it's so good. I thought it was really good. And... I think he's a better actor than John Cena. He is. <laughs> he's much better than John Cena. <laughs> I, I like now. Where do you think he stacks up? I'm going from wrestlers to actors here. Yeah. Do you think he's better than The Rock? Because The Rock plays a type. Yeah. I. You know what? I think if Batista was given more opportunities, he, I think he would probably have more range than The Rock. Hear that first. You heard it here first. <laughs> You heard yeah. that first? You heard it here first. <laughs> That's our tagline. We've always used it. Well, it's hard because The Rock's getting stereotyped into, like, these these action films. Yeah. And I think like Batista... Like, he's the new Schwarzenegger. Yeah, and I feel like Batista is, like, falling into more... Like, Avant-garde roles. Yeah like, yeah, like, now he's got Denis Villeneuve, who's just, like, kind of, like, using him as, like, his big muscle muse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Where it's like, I like you. 
I'm going to put you in good things. Right. Whereas The Rock is just, like, whoring himself out to anyone that'll take him. Right. I mean, he's making money. Oh, yeah. He's the <laughs> richest person in Hollywood right now. Um, And then, he uh, like, Batista was also in uh, Spectre, right? As, yeah. like, one of the villains? He yeah. didn't have any, like, speaking lines. No, he was one of the better parts in Spectre, too. Like, he didn't say a lot, but, like, he had, like, a... Like, a presence about him that was really cool. Right. And he's obviously Drax, so he can do comedy. Yeah, it, yeah his comedy is amazing as Drax, where it's just... Because he's supposed to be, like, super, like, serious all the time and take yeah. everything super literally, literally. Yeah. Where, like, he knows how to play that up where it's hilarious. And then he can even have, like, even in Guardians 2, where he can, like, actually show emotion in his, like, stoicness. Yeah. I thought it was very well done. I'm going to say best wrestler to actor. Whoa. Batista. I'm with, I'm on your Whoa. side. Whoa. I'm on your side. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Troy the Max and I'm on your side. <laughs> uh, Troy, I believe, I think they said that the, that Joker movies wrapped with filming. Yes. And uh, I guess, Rumor has it that Joaquin Phoenix oh. has, quote, crushed what? his Joker performance. Crushed, you say? Yeah. To shreds, you say? Yeah. Well, I didn't say shreds, but yeah. That's <laughs> just... Like, sorry. It's been a running joke with me and my brothers because it's a Futurama quote. <laughs> and he's like, like, Farnsworth is on the telephone. He's like, and how is he? Oh, no. To shreds, you say? And how's is his wife? To shreds, you say. Oh, no. That's it. So now anytime we talk about something, we're like, to shreds, you say. Oh, no. <laughs> what were you talking about? <laughs> Before I went on some tangent uh, about things you don't understand. Joaquin Phoenix crushes joke. Oh, to shreds, you say. Yeah, to shreds. <laughs> Great. Uh, let me see here. <laughs> Try that Punisher season two coming up pretty quickly. Pretty I, it's, I think it's premiering uh, this weekend or next weekend. Yeah, it's supposed to premiere the eighteenth or nineteenth, January eighteenth. Yeah, getting close. So yeah, <laughs> that was it. That was that's my news. Was that it premieres on January eighteenth? So nuts. I did not expect it to come out so fast, but I'm guessing it's just like <laughs> get it out, get it out of here. <laughs> we want this. Do it now, or we'll just take it away completely, <laughs> yeah. Netflix. We want to cancel this as soon as possible. Yeah. But we've already made it, yeah. so just put it out. January 18th gets released. January 19th gets canceled. <laughs> uh, but I even heard that um, uh, Deborah Ann Wall is supposed to show up as... Uh, what's her name in it? Deborah Ann Wall? Yeah. Uh, from Daredevil. Uh... Why am I blanking so hard? Karen Page. Yeah, she's supposed to make an appearance in okay. this. Okay. Well, she had a fairly decent part in the first season. No, she wasn't in it, was she? I think so. I don't remember being in it. Should we look it up? This is the one thing. Should we look, look up? It up T look it up, T-Max. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Here we go. I don't the... think she was in it. Punish. They did some shit with, uh, sure. with, uh, what's his name? Gizmo's wife. Not Gizmo. <laughs> uh, 
Um, oh, fuck. You might be right. Yeah, I don't think she was in it at all. Deborah Ann Wall. Karen Page. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fuck me then. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, she's going to be in Punisher. So there you have it. Yeah, she was in four episodes. What the fuck? Well, I don't know. I do not remember her at all. Don't know what to tell you, brah. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> not us. Anyway, look out for her. She'll be there with bells on. Can't wait. I guarantee it. I guarantee <laughs> Uh My last bit of news, Troy. Jumanji 2. Currently in the process of being made. All of the stars are coming back, including uh, The Rock, Kevin Hart, Karen Gillan, and Jack Black, as well as oh my. they're adding to the cast Aquafina. Oh, my. Okay. Really enjoyed her in Crazy Rich Asians. Still haven't seen that. I would like to see what she does with this. Okay. Okay. So there you go. That is all my news. Well, now that you're done with your news, you know what else is done? Well, there's no. De- I don't I hope there's no death. No, I don't have a death. That's why I'm either, skipping right so to there this. <laughs> it's done. It is done. Filmy is done. Put out the movie. It's done. Filmy done. Filmy done. Filmy done. Got any trailers? Uh, I've got two. I got none. Really? I started watching one, and I was like, I don't even care about this enough to talk about <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't even remember what it was called. Uh, well, I think it had Vigo in it, maybe. Okay, I don't even know. No, not Vigo. It's the other guy who looks weird. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, that's the one that I, one of the ones that I watched. <laughs> Polar. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that one. It, it, it looks fun. Does it? Like, Mads Mikkelsen looks like <laughs> Solid Snake in it. <laughs> I didn't even get that far enough in the trailer. He, has, he, gets, like an, he gets like an eye patch at one point. I thought he looked like Snake at one point. <sighs> well, I, maybe I should have waited that extra. And they do like a seconds. sweet scene where like these guys like surround him with machine guns, and then he like puts his hands up with like his fists balled, and then these like machine guns like point at him, and then he puts his fingers out, and they all have lasers on it, and they just like fire on everybody. Oh, okay. I don't know. It looks like fun. It looks like a. It's like it looks like you're like run of the mill like assassin that's retired that now they're just sending people to kill him for no reason kind of movie. Yeah. But I thought it looked I thought it looked like fun. Like it didn't take itself too seriously. Okay. Well, I might check it out. Polar. I'll finish the trailer at the very least. Okay. So, I'm not I'll probably won't follow up with it next week. L- Lolo loves Mads. She's a she's horny for Mads. She is so horny for Mads. <laughs> It's crazy how horny she is for Mads. It is sickening, really. <laughs> like I, I, there shouldn't be that physically arousing to see this man. <laughs> yeah, he does. He shouldn't really inspire that feeling, but you know, Lolo, she's one of a kind. Different strokes. <laughs> one of a kind, literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and the other one that I saw, they put out a new trailer for Captain Marvel. Oh, did they? Yeah. Is this a TV spot or like a exclusive uh, look? Type it's thing? a shorter one. I think it might be a TV spot. I saw uh, something like an exclusive look or something, and I was like, ah, I'm going to yeah. stay away from more trailers of this. I okay. Think. And uh, I don't think they do too much more mm-hmm. in it. Um, 
Yeah, I don't. It's not like super special. Okay. <laughs> like they play like some more '90s music. Okay. And uh, they do like their typical Disney thing, where like they comment on how stupid all this is. Oh, okay. Where, like she puts on a shield hat, and then she's like, "Oh wow, shield! Wow, you, you guys are a secret agency, but then you put your logo on everything. How cool!" And then he's <laughs> like, "Oh, coming from." Coming from someone that wears a giant rubber suit when she fights or whatever. Oh. Or it's like, oh, okay, we get it, Disney. This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one that made the fucking movie. Why are you talking about how stupid this is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, yeah, beyond that, I mean, it. it's fine. I, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be good, but I'm finding it hard to, like, get excited for it. Yeah. Especially since, like... We're all more just curious about how Avengers is going to go. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, they say that this is going to be, like, a big thing that goes into Avengers. But from what I've seen so far for it, it just looks like your typical run-of-the-mill, this is shit that happens in space Marvel film. Mm, okay. And I'm like, I've seen enough of them. I mean, it's cool that, that they're going to have, like, a, a big, powerful female character now. Right. But that's about it. <laughs> like, yeah. and I haven't really seen anything from Brie Larson to get me super excited for the actual character of Captain Marvel either. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just kind of like, she has like some quippy one-liners here and there, and then a lot of CG battles, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it'll be surprising. I hope I'm surprised. There's a, there's a decent amount of hype for it. Yeah. I just haven't bought into it yet. Mm-hmm. So, alright. We'll see, Troy. Yeah, we will, won't we? We? We definitely will. We I need will to stop, stop, like, kicking this table. Kick, quit it! God dang it. Well, before we get into the tourney of Randy movies... What, <laughs> Troy? We got some correspondence in. Does that mean it is time for a... Male scream? Yes. <laughs> Times two? Uh, we actually have two correspondences today. We are so popular. Uh, one coming in from good old pal of the show, Eric. Hey. Chiming in about the movie we did, uh, for Monday's episode, Buster Scruggs. Good. Uh, and he says... He does have Netflix now. Oh, he, he did? didn't before? Well, he told us about it. Like, he said that he, oh, he that's cut true. the cord. That's true. that's true. That's true. Sorry, Eric. I can't remember everything about your life. You're just so I interesting. D- well, sorry if I'm a fan of our own show, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, gentlemen, what a, what a savvy so? guy. Said from his iPhone? <laughs> I'll, hold on, I'll get there. I also watched The Ballad of Buster Scruggs over the weekend. Yes. My review... Is this. Okay. I may have missed it before watching it, but I did not know this was going to be different, uh, had different stories to it. Admittedly, I was a little disappointed after the Buster Scruggs story ended so abruptly. Yeah. The James Franco short and the short about the prospector were also quite good. Yeah. In the end, I was entertained and would recommend others to watch this. On a side note, do you think they could just do a movie about the Buster Scruggs character I thought his story. Uh, I thought his short story was incredible, and would like to see more of his character. I'd grade this a solid B. There you go. Sent 
from my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he repeats the same uh, sentiments that you did. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. I... But do you think the whole Buster Scrug short could be a whole movie? Yeah, that's a thing. I don't know. I think he was fun to watch in that little short, and he yeah. could carry it that himself. Yeah. But I could see him as being, like, a secondary character in a bigger film. Yeah. I think the fact... The reason he's charming is because it's such a short film. Right. Like, I feel like he could he could get on your nerves if... He goes on for, like, two hours straight. Yeah. I could actually see him in, like, a television series or something. That'd be fun. Like, short, like, 20-minute yeah, episodes. Yeah, like, half-hour-long episodes. Yeah. That would be, that'd be pretty great. But for a full-length feature, I don't think... Yeah. I can't think of something he could do for a half-hour that it would maintain being interesting throughout. Right. Exactly. You, if you can nail it in 30 minutes, why pro... Not prolong it, but like yeah. extend that out and just dilute it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Just get a just get it done and over with. Yeah. We all have stuff to do. Yeah, I I agree that <laughs> I agree I agree that Buster Scruggs is probably the more the more different and more interesting of the shorts in Ballad of Buster Scruggs, but I wouldn't take anything away from from the other stories though. They were, right. they were all fun in their own way, especially that prospect. Did you go back and rewatch that prospector, Troy? No, uh, no, I watched uh, Coco and Boss Baby a million times. <laughs> Fair, <laughs> good trade, good trade. <laughs> I I haven't yet, but I do. I will get to it eventually here. Um, so, Eric, I'm glad you chime in about these little movies that we watch. I like to have. Uh, sometimes third opinion on these things. Yeah. Maybe you can call us out on some of our bullshit. Yeah. Like all the bullshit Troy always drops. Even though if you don't agree with me, I'll just call bullshit on you. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, But Eric, thanks for chiming in once again. And we have a, another one. Longtime listener. First time caller. Whoa. This one is from Sean Miller. You can find him at Under an Anchor on Twitter. Gotcha. He is the artist on a comic book series called Kid Sherlock. Whoa. Check that out in Comixology or at your local comic book shop. We got celebrity write-ins now? <laughs> That's right. Uh, this is a bit of a lengthy one. He hit us up on Twitter, so I said, hey, write us, write us up nice. into the Gmails. So strap in. And shut up. <laughs> and he says... You talk during the inter email, I'm going to go right back around. <laughs> hey, guys! I hope I got this letter in on time. You did. Good. Uh, it's been a long time since I've watched Unbreakable. Now, this might have minor spoilers for Unbreakable, but it came uh, out in 2000. So Yeah, we're, we're not even going to, like... Say spoilers when we actually get to it, so fuck you. So anyway, I'm just saying that right <laughs> off the top. It's been a long time since I've watched Unbreakable, so I'm a little foggy on some of the details, but it was one of the first few movies that I instantly fell in love with after seeing it for the first time. As far as M. Night movies go, I remember this one being one of those you either loved it or you hate it kind of flicks. I think that has a lot to do with the pacing, and if I'm remembering correctly, this came out not too long after The Sixth Sense, which was a huge hit, so audience expectations were probably set really high. Yeah. I also remember the commercials giving the impression that it was going to be more of a supernatural thriller sort of thing. And probably after The Sixth Sense, they would be promoting like an M. Night Shyamalan movie like that. Yeah. 
Um, he goes on to say, personally, I thought the slow burn was a perfect way to put the audience in the mind and feelings of Bruce Willis's character, who is struggling with guilt and figuring out what to re- uh, figuring out what was going on with himself physically and emotionally. I do remember thinking halfway through the movie that it was very dry and maybe even a little boring, but once you, as the viewer, figure out that you've basically been watching a superhero origin story this whole time, the way Bruce Willis's character handles himself throughout the film makes sense. Being an unbreakable person, as cool as that would be, would be a tougher to deal with than you think. M. Night showed that really well, and he tell. Let me start that sentence over. <laughs> M. Night showed, uh, M. Night showed that really well when he tells of Bruce Willis's character being in a car wreck and surviving without a scratch, and the other passenger dying, injured, paralyzed. You guys can fill in the blank there. Doesn't Bruce even fake an injury because he feels guilty that he wasn't hurt? Can you imagine how guilty or even isolated you'd feel if you had this incredible gift while all of your loved ones suffered through this normal human frailties? To me, that's part of what made the movie special. As a fan of comics, I thought I was real—I uh, thought it was a real re- original way to get into the emotions of what a super-powered human would go through in real life. To him, his powers felt more like a curse, even though they were amazing, and I think that's what brought this Superman-type character down to Earth and made him relatable to the rest of us normals. Um, going on. I really wish I got a chance to watch it again before writing this letter because I can feel the excitement for it but can't remember all the details. You guys might be in the hated it camp <laughs> and took a piping hot dump on it in your review while i'll hold firmly to the opinion that this is one of the greatest superhero movies of all time it's pretty it's pretty uh pretty big claim there mm-hmm. we'll see how we feel mm-hmm. when we get to the review um how good was mr glass come on The idea of one guy being incredibly frail and seeking to find his exact opposite to the point of committing horrible crimes was such a great supervillain origin story, and the sense with the son pointing a gun at Bruce to prove that he was invincible? Come on! (laughs) This letter is going to get way out of control because I'm remembering all the things I loved about the movie as I'm writing this. If you took a dump on this one in your review, that's totally fine. But in the future, I'd love to defend it more thoroughly. If you loved it, then I'm sure review fill, uh, filled in all the gaps for me. Looking forward to the almost certain review of Split and Glass to follow. Your Beb, Sean. Oh, he's our Beb now. That's right. Hashtag PKFam for life. There you awesome. go. That's an inside. Uh, that's inside baseball. There, okay. Actually, you're not privy to that information. So, All right. I'll, go, I'll go wait in the other room. <laughs> but yeah, so thank you, Sean, for writing there in that go. marvelous letter. There, I already got a mini preview of our uh, show for Unbreakable coming up in mere moments. That's right. Um, now I'm glad I threw out that spoiler warning because there's a lot of details of Unbreakable in that yeah. letter. Yeah. But. It did come out 18, 19 years ago at this Who point. Gives a sh- if you haven't watched it yet, you're not going to watch then it. Shut up! So shut the fuck up! <laughs> but yeah, um, I will get to my thoughts about the movie when we finally get into it. I'm going to say my thoughts right now. I thought, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you fucker! No. <laughs> I'm going to beat you to the punch. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for writing in, Sean. Don't be a stranger. Yeah. 
And follow Under an Anchor on Twitter. Yeah. We always enjoy hearing from our listeners and uh, telling everyone their deeper, darkest thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) About how much they love something. (laughs) (laughs) So mysterious. So dark thoughts about love. I love this. (laughs) Ooh, scandalous. Uh, but that will bring us into the tournament of rando movies. And it is an interesting one, Troy. We had the matchup of the amazing Spider-Man versus nine. Uh Uh-huh. Did you see one, Troy? I think I did. Well. And I think I even saw it very early on that it was very one-sided. It was. (laughs) And it means that if it wins, we're going to be talking about even more fucking Spider-Man because the amazing Spider-Man defeats nine. Yes. To move on in the Terminal Random movies alongside Platoon and Drag Me to Hell. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how far it goes. I'm guessing not far. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that tickled me very well. That is that is the fun of this tournament. <laughs> I can already point it out and be like, you are not going anywhere after this. <laughs> well, what do we got for uh, our next week's, or this week's matchup? Well, rather? our matchup for this week is a 1997 film okay. featuring two major actors in the wilderness fighting a bear. Okay. And the other one is from 2011, based on a famous book series that was also a famous foreign film series. Okay. The one from 1997. The tagline is, they were fighting over a woman when the plane went down. Now their only chance for survival is each other. Hmm. And they fight a bear? There is a there is a bear very prevalent in this. I don't know if you've heard of this one. I can't think of anything. Uh, the Edge from nineteen ninety six. Did you ever hear about it? Uh, probably, but it's been long since forgotten. It is Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin. What? Cre- I maybe I've never heard about this. Oh my gosh! This is uh. For all those that are really into uh, Midwest independent wrestling, <laughs> this is uh, Christian Rose's favorite movie ever. What? <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin are in a plane crash in the middle of, like, the Alaskan wilderness. Uh-huh. And they have to work together to fight a bear. <laughs> and this is his favorite movie of all time. Yeah. All right. And it is... Almost, they, it gets like so graphic at certain points that it's like uncomfortable to watch. Like it gets bloody. Uh, okay, <laughs> all right. Christian Rose, you sicko. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> it's a good movie though. I like it. All right, all right. Harold Perrineau from Lost is in it too. Okay, good, great. <laughs> Harold Perrineau. Yeah, it's a good film. Great. Uh. From 2011, the film of uh, based on a book series, also based on a series of uh, foreign language films. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Evil, yeah, it's an evil show. <laughs> yeah, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. <laughs> you were great. Not even, not even going to say the tagline. <laughs> so there you go. The Edge versus the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Okay. The American version. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't. 
no offense, I don't do... Unless it's, like, a really, really well-known foreign language film, I'm probably not going to do a foreign language film okay. on this. Okay. Just wondering. I've actually seen both of them. Really? The... You did see the, the David Fincher American version? Yeah. I caught... Uh, well, I, not to sit, I've not to say I've sat down and watched it all, but it was um on in my uh, parents' place, and yeah. I watched like a good chunk of it. So, it has like probably the coolest opening credits. See, to that's a movie. what I missed. I missed the very oh, beginning. The opening credits are so cool. Okay, because they take like scenes from the movie, but then they like do it in like a weird like. It looks like it looks like a milk bath, but then they mm-hmm. have like figures from the scenes like pop out of the milk bath, like okay. to uh, that really cool uh, cover of uh, oh shit, what is it? Like ah, uh, like that the one that was in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, but it's like it's that cool cover Why? from like the trailer for this. Why can't I fucking remember that song? That's gonna drive me nuts. I know it's already driving me crazy. But yeah, like the opening <laughs> credits, the opening credits to "Girl the Dragon Tattoo" are fucking awesome. And uh, so there you go. What what do you think, Troy? Does the edge pique your interest? It does. <laughs> <laughs> I might tip, tip my hand towards the uh, the edge on this one for that vote button. I think. So there you go. Troy is thinking the edge. Right. So here you go. The edge versus the girl, the dragon tattoo. Get your votes in. We'll see who moves on to possibly face the amazing Spider-Man platoon and drag <laughs> me to hell. So go ahead and hit us up at review review pod on Twitter and cast your vote. Cast your vote. And if you don't do it there, we'll most likely retweet us. You can see us, uh, see the poll on each one of our pages. As oh well. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, JT, I think that about licks it. It's about it? I think we that. should probably close time. up shop, turn yeah, the mics I off. We, I and... think we're done for tonight. Oh, uh, we got you. Oh, boy. <laughs> Dude, look at your face. Look in the mirror and look at your face well, right now. You thought, all over. You, thought we were, <laughs> you thought we were done. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Unbreakable, our first stop in our nonstop runaway train ride that kills <laughs> everyone but shovel. one person. <laughs> To, to uh, glass the Shyamalaniverse. That's right. Uh, Unbreakable debuted November fourteenth in the year two thousand. Winter release <laughs> in the year two thousand. Man, it's before nine eleven. <laughs> That's right. We were all bright and chipper. Nothing could happen to us. <laughs> Nothing bad will ever happen to us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh my! If only we had the foresight. <laughs> Uh, with a budget of $75 million domestically in the United States, it made $95 million, raking in a $248.1 million worldwide box office. Oh, boy. Did pretty good for itself. Oh, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 69%. IMDb has <laughs> it at 7.3 out of 10. Uh, Metacritic, 62%. And Gummy Popcorn gives it a 4 all right. Out of what? I don't know. Gummy popcorn sounds gross. Yep. They also had another category that I didn't include. They have, like, the main score and then, like, a yummy score. And I think it's what? about how attractive a person is in a film. 
and they gave Bruce Willis a three, and I don't know what the <laughs> fuck any of this means. <laughs> Gummy popcorn reminds me of, like, those butter popcorn jelly belly jelly beans. Oh, I think those are good. Really? I yeah. don't like them. I can see that. <laughs> I mean, I can definitely see that. But anytime I have them, I'm like, this can't possibly taste like popcorn. And then you have one, it's like, well, knock me over with a feather. I don't know. It kind of <laughs> tastes like popcorn. I don't know. It's got like a styrofoamy taste to it, I think. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> but if uh, anyone... Send us, send us your opinions. What do you think of butter, popcorn, jelly belly, jelly beans? Yeah, let, I'm actually very curious. I am a fan. <laughs> if anybody out there has had the butter, popcorn, jelly yep. belly, jelly beans yep. right into the show... And that's the show. So what do you see, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> uh, JT? Yeah. What's going on on Unbreakable? Why don't you give us the lowdown? Well, we follow uh, a guy by the name of uh, was it David Dunn. That's correct. Yeah, David Dunn, who uh, is on a train that uh, gets derailed, and he finds out that the... Uh, Derailment was so catastrophic that he was the only survivor. Mm -hmm. And in the process of finding out just what happened to him, he comes across a strange man, played by Samuel L. Jackson, whose uh, first name is uh, <laughs> Elijah. Elijah? <laughs> That's oh. right. Uh, Elijah, who uh, has a disorder where his bones are not as dense as other people's, mm -hmm. which causes them to break very easily. Yes. And leads him on a path to find out just really what is his condition. Osteogenesis imperfecta. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying in terms of Bruce Willis, what, what, like what, what is really going on that is causing him to... Not be broken. Mm. Hashtag unbreakable. <laughs> Very good, JT. Um, so if you haven't pieced together the plot yet from old, good old Sean's letter, yeah, uh, or if you haven't seen it already, which... or from my expert right. retelling well, of it. Hey, your retelling of it leaves out very crucial things, but still, gets I the try and keep it up to the people. That's right. Very good to the people. To the Paper. <laughs> to the people. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm even doing here. Soylent um, Green is people. <laughs> Soylent Green is people. JT. First, I was afraid. I was petrified. <laughs> oh my god! All the the whole show is just devolved into stupid non sequiturs. Oh my god. Anyway, what I uh forgot about watching this film because mm. I uh, watched this film quite a bit when it came out on DVD. Yeah. Um, is that how hard it actually leans into the comic book idea? Yeah. Because I remember when we saw the trailer for Glass, we were kind of making fun of it for it's like, oh, you're really going into this comic book. You're really liking this comic book idea. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think it's in a different way. And maybe yeah. that's just the way the trailer is, because we're not sure if that's actually how it's going in yeah. the movie. But the trailer looks like it's 
leaning hard in a different way. Like, this more or less has subtle comic book things while shoehorning in yeah. actual comic books. And, yeah. like, even the beginning text of the movie is, like, every comic has an average of 35 pages and 125 yeah. illustrations, blah, blah. And it gives, like, facts about, like, that. Even and down it, to where, like, Bruce Willis has, like... A comic book name. Yeah, an alliterated name. Like yeah. David Dunn, Peter yeah. Parker, Scott Summers, yeah. yep. Clark Kent, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yep. So I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, even like the color palette that they use for the characters is like a heroic or villainous color palette for each character. So like David Dunn has like a green, which usually... I mean, it's going to prove me wrong because like the Ninja Turtles are green. There's Green Arrow. There's like... Green Lantern and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, like, it's a secondary color palette. And purple is usually used for, like, your evil characters. Unless you're, like, a dark and mysterious character. Like mm-hmm. a Batman or a Bat Family type character like that. So that's kind of cool. And that's and that's Sam Jackson's color scheme. And you kind of yeah. see that even mm-hmm. in flashback scenes when he opens up gifts. He has purple wrapping paper on his yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And the inside of his coat is purple. Yep. And... It's also funny, too, that purple is, like, his favorite color. And so he also talked George Lucas into having a purple lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think this is Sam Jackson's type stuff. So he kind of just yeah. asked M. Night, like, that was cool. Can yeah. I line my coat with purple? And he was like, yeah, sure, I don't care. <laughs> Do whatever you want, I don't, Sam. Yeah, I know. It's like, the big twist of this was supposed to be that Sam Jackson or Elijah was the the villain all along. But it's like... Dude dresses like a supervillain this entire fucking movie. Right. <laughs> it's like, you're almost like, it's probably one of those things like when you first see it, it's like, I should have seen that coming a mile away because he dresses like a fucking, he dresses like the <laughs> king. Megalomaniac. Yeah, he dresses like a king, the kingpin almost the whole fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Even down to where like yeah. his cane is made out of pure glass. Right. Which I guess was another idea of Sam Jackson's. You yeah. should have a cane made of glass. <laughs> like, that is not sturdy. No. If you need to lean on something, you don't want yeah. something that can accidentally break and just shatter, yeah. your, oh, shatter like, you all I up. I mean, granted, like, if, you're, if, you, if you walk with a limp to begin with, you're going to fucking drop that cane. <laughs> also, he doesn't walk downstairs very well. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, when he's after that guy, I'm just like, come on, take your, take your time. You're trying yeah. to, like, just... <laughs> I, 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 he wants to see if that gun's in his pants. <laughs> like, have you ever tried to go down a set of stairs fast enough and you kind of, like, slip your heel off the edge of the stair and you end up going, like, oh, gun, gun, so gun, gun, fun. down the stairs? I thought he was going to do that down the concrete stairs at any given point And then his like, ankles just, like, they compress <laughs> on themselves. Yeah. 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 I want to oh, see, my. like, his legs break where they just, like, break into themselves. <laughs> Oh, they just accordion? Compound fracture accordion style. (laughs) Oh, that would be amazing. Um, Going into some IMDb trivia on this, uh, I found a few things interesting, JT. Oh, really? Um, That that disease that he has is actually a real disease. Really? The osteogenesis imperfecta is real, but it's very rare. I guess there's an Australian celebrity... Um, that has it, uh, and he was just born with it. I don't know how severe it is if the movie played yeah. it up or not, but well, even like says that like he has like the least severe version of it, right? Like he has like stage one, but it's like 
There's stage four where it's like you don't even live that long. <laughs> right. Uh, I guess it's like a certain protein that, like, your body doesn't make. So if you don't, like, make it at all, yeah. you're probably effed in the A. Yeah. Um, I did really like the opening of this a lot where you see the birth yeah. of uh, Elijah. Yeah. And, like the, guy, like, the guy that, like, picks him up is, like, looks horrified. Yeah. Where it's like... What the fuck what happened did you to, this do to this baby? Yeah, it's like, what did I miss? Like, because he, he walks in after he's born, he's just like, did you guys just take turns beating the fuck out of this baby? <laughs> like, he's like, did somebody drop this baby? And that lady's like, Jesus Christ, no! <laughs> he's like super pissed that he would bring it up. Like, oh my god! I would say one of my favorite characters in this movie is Elijah's mom. Hmm. I would say she's probably one of my favorites that sticks out because it's like she has like this you kind of get this feeling from her where it's like she understands what condition he has and she's kind of discouraged by it and then as it goes on and you find out how fucked up he is in the head because he has it but because that fucked upness is like <laughs> causing him to like yeah. kind of reach his full potential she's like weirdly proud of it yeah, at the end, I didn't notice it before, because she's only in, like, the bookends of it, really. Yeah. Like, at the end, I couldn't tell if she, like, kind of knew what Elijah was up to. You know? I feel like I feel like she was. Yeah? Yeah, because it's, like, she does that whole thing where, like, like she, she like, points out Bruce Willis at the very end and is, right. like... She makes sure she introduces herself and is, like, very, like, almost kind of taken back by him. Like, kind of smitten where she's like, you are my son's, like, project. Right. And she's, like, almost proud of him where it's like, he did all this work and he found you. And because he did all this, he accomplished more than he probably ever thought he ever could. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like, her talking to him is like... Going to his basketball game and seeing him <laughs> shoot the game-winning shot, where it's right. like this is all of his hard work coming to fruition, and she's so proud of him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess come to think of it, she would have to know what he's up to. Like, he doesn't try to hide his plans at all. No, they're in that just back room. Yeah, which if if his mom is a semi caretaker of him, yeah, she would have to see all that stuff. Yeah, and even like she's even has like a weird vibe. When she comes up to David Dunn at the end and is like, oh, you're all my son talks about. Yeah. And, like, goes over and says, I'll I'll go tell him that you're here. And it just seems like yeah. she's, like, like almost tired in, like, of all of this madness, but she can't stop it. No, I don't. I didn't take that at all. I saw her as, like, she's, like, this is, like, her proudest moment where it's, like, she had a son who she saw was, like, pretty much just down on life in general and it's like you're kind of seeing that growth where it's like she has this son who is like pretty much given up on life and then she introduces this one thing that kind of reinvigorates him and now she's seeing that come to fruition granted it's fucked up a lot of people's lives oh yeah but it's like now she's seeing like in like her weird sick way she's seeing like how her her parenting is paid off to like add some fulfillment into her into his life and like almost kind of made her feel like she's a good mom i think because mm. she's she's like elated at the end there like she's really proud that that her son found this guy mm -hmm. 
Like, she's, like, gloating about it. Yeah. Even, like, dropping, like, subtle hints about, like, like uh, folklore with villains in, in stories, like, kind of, like, almost alluding that her son is, like, his ultimate rival. Right. Like, s- dropping subtle hints here and there where it's, like, she's just kind of, she's kind of feeding that for him. Mm-hmm. Where it's, like, she's so proud that he's made it to this point. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would say, like, she's, like, my favorite character of the movie or anything like that. But I do, I do like her, especially at the end. What I also like, too, is that even the audience comes to learn that Mr. Glass is, like, the villain of the movie. Yeah. But, like, Mr. Glass knows he's the villain the whole time. Yeah. And it just took him to find like David Dunn just to be like, yep, I am like, he had no, like he already had that suspicion. Like I'm probably evil, (laughs) but, uh, I'm just going to see if there's an exact opposite of me. Then it's going to really put a a period on the end of that sentence. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think Mr. Glass is probably the most interesting Yeah. because he's, yeah. Like he's the one that's driving, all of the actions in this. Right. And yeah, like I, yeah, he's, he's like drawn to this world where I, I thought it was really interesting. Cause like, uh, the Orville just came back mm-hmm. on uh, Fox and they have like an episode where one of the characters on there is like constantly goes in these simulations and like has like these weird sexual escapades and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. With it being Seth MacFarlane, you're just kind of like imagining, like, oh, it's going to be, like, this weird, crazy, like, kind of, like, comedic thing where it's like, oh, I'm, like, a, I'm like a porn addict, but it's a <laughs> fucking, it's, like, a, a simulator, so it's, like, actually having sex, and it's, like, everyone's going nuts about it. But they, like, they take it home in, like, a really cool way where, like, they have, like, a sit-down with him where he's, like, the only reason I really did it was because I was very very unhappy with this one aspect in my life Mm -hmm. and it kind of like brings it all home where it's like oh shit like it's it it goes from being like a funny problem to like a serious problem Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's what kind of like this movie does where you have uh sam jackson as mr glass who has this aspect in his life that he just can't get over Mm -hmm. and like comic books are kind of like his porn to him where it's like he starts off being into comic books and then it's like he gets to a point where he needs it to be more than what it is and he needs to keep upping the ante even where when when you uh, first see him as an adult he's in an art gallery where he's got like reimaginings of comic book art but they're more realistic like he takes pride in the fact that they look more true to life than if they when they did in the book. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to where that's not enough. Now I need it to actually be real and I'm going to do this crazy shit to make it real. Mm-hmm. Like he seems he's like a porn addict for comic books. <laughs> where it's like where yeah, you watch where it's you watch two people have sex and it's like no, that's not enough. I need to I need to watch three people have sex. I need to watch four people have sex. I need to watch bondage. I need to watch you need to get People to this dumping point. on each other. <laughs> yeah, you need to get crazier and crazier and crazier to fill that void because it becomes bigger and bigger the more you put into it. Mm. So it's like, okay, yeah, comic books are good, but now I need more. I need more from that. I need 
I need it to feel more real than what it is. And that's why, like, when they when you first see him and he's in that gallery and he takes so much pride in the fact that the, the drawings look so much more realistic than the actual books. And the guy's like, cool, I'll buy it for my kid. And he's like, no, these aren't for kids. Mm-hmm. Like, these are for you. You're supposed to appreciate them. Right. Like, he gets offended where it's like he wants... He wants that feeling that this world that he immerses himself in is real to where he gets to a point where it's like, I just can't imagine anymore. It needs to be real for me. And that's why he does all this shit. Mm. I, um, I, it's an odd analogy. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Completely. I, I, I don't think I necessarily agree with it a hundred percent, but it's got grains of things that I can follow. Like, I, he's completely immersed in a whole comic book lifestyle. Yeah. And I think just being immersed in it that long makes you want to try to find similarities in real life to, like, kind of like how you were saying. Yeah. Um, but the art gallery that he was showing that guy in the earlier in the movie, those drawings were not necessarily recreations. Those were drawings that were done before the comic cover that you saw and then he had to simplify it for whatever he's like wouldn't this but then it goes back to what you're saying like yeah is this more realistic like is why why would you change such like a beautiful masterpiece or something yeah. like that but yeah he, well he points it out where it's like this is like a cover but now it, this is like the more realistic version of that cover yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like he he points out like the things that make it more true to life mm-hmm. like he like, he'd almost kind of, like, I won't say get off, but, like, he gets more pleasure out of the idea that it's, like, this looks how more like how it would look if it actually existed. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that he likes the most out of these gallery drawings than he would if he were to get out of a comic book. Yeah. Um, actually, I was trying to notice in any comic book shop they were in or in his gallery where he's got like walls of comics and stuff. I was just trying to like look at titles and stuff. Yeah. Almost every single one of them, like I'm going to say 99% of them are all Marvel comics. Yeah. And I wondered if like, like who made this? Was it like Lionsgate or Touchstone or something like that? Uh, you don't know. Let me see. I'm at an IMDb right now. Um, I don't know who made this. It doesn't say. <laughs> I can't find it anywhere. Um, but I, I just wondered if it was like something that. But at the in two thousand, Disney wouldn't have owned that kind of stuff anyway. Maybe. Anyway, who knows? I was just wondering, like, if that was like a thing where, yeah, nobody else wanted to participate in something like that. Anyway, who fun knows? deal. Saw like a few covers of Namor and uh, the Avengers in there. Oh fun my stuff! Little Easter eggs. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, what I also found cool too on first few viewings of this is that because it came out in 2000, the only real comic book movies that we've had are like maybe the X-Men and, and Blade, obviously Blade. Of course, Blade. (laughs) Don't you, if Dave's listening, he's gonna fucking, maybe Blade? Blade! (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't crash the window when we said that. (laughs) He's like, like the Kool-Aid man for Blade. (laughs) You guys watching Blade? You wanna? Uh, but, uh. Kind of popped in right now. You guys wanna check it out? Blade? Um, 
so on first watch, even though it is like laden with like comic book paraphernalia, yeah, in it, I didn't, I guess, expect it to be like a straight like superhero origin story on first watch. Yeah, and even like after, because I think I saw this in the theater. I can't remember. But then I definitely saw it on DVD and kind of forgot that and, and remembered it again. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, like, just a superhero origin story. Yeah. And it kind of comes out of nowhere, and it can kind of trick audiences into watching this type of movie. Yeah. Because it is taken, like, with a more serious tone. Yeah. It just it, happens to have these fun elements just sprinkled in. I think that's the thing about the Shyamalanaverse that I'm more interested in, is that it feels like a more true-to-life world. Yes. Where very few people are realizing that they are, in fact, these comic book characters. Right. But they're dealing with, like, very real-life situations. Right. I mean, the only real... Like, even David Dunn, when he realizes he has, like, quote, superpowers. Yeah. It's it's not anything, like, way out there. No. And, like, the only thing that's, like, kind of makes a jump is that he could kind of, like, mentally tell there's some, like, bad people out there. Yeah. That's the kind of jump you have to, like, the biggest jump you have to kind of make in the movie, I think. I know. Like. <clears throat> and I don't necessarily hate it, because I remembered that. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I would like that or not. But then watching it this time, I'm like, that's not so bad. Yeah. One of my things about this that I'm kind of stuck on is that I'm not too sold on David Dunn and, like, what he, how he, like, comes across whether or not he believes he is, like, super powered or not. Because I feel like the movie really is, like, trying to juggle with whether or not to portray him as someone who's hiding that he's a superhero or someone that doesn't realize he's a superhero. Because mm. it, it feels like it goes back and forth a lot where, like, you kind of, you're kind of, like, left to believe at certain points, like, oh, well, he's just now discovering he has these powers. And then there's other points where it's like, well, he knew he had him all along. He just decided not to tell people. But then the movie never really tells you which side it is where it's like, so did you hide it or did you just forget? Or cause there are scenes where they show like it. it and it's like scenes in his life that he should fucking remember, <laughs> but it's like, he just kind of decides to not remember or like, he just blocks out of his memory. I don't know. Like See, I, I took it as like, he, never even realize that he has these abilities and your fucker and you're rips a do car door off of a car i know but like you hear <laughs> stories about like mothers lifting up cars off their kids that's no different yeah but i don't it's just there's so much shit where like it should have probably struck him way faster and it's just the movie kind of plays with like oh he's hiding it oh no he's I don't think it plays with that at all. I'm pretty sure, like, 100% that it's, like, he. you're finding out as he is finding out that he has these abilities. But then they even, like, kind of, like, they play up the whole thing where it's, like, uh, where he fakes the injury to get out of being in football. Like, he almost kind of lies to himself about that, where it's, like, so, did he convince himself he's injured? Did, I, is he hiding that? Like, you never really... Even, like, the sick days, like, I, I, I could probably 
pinpoint like days when I'm sick and then it takes him a while to be like, oh, I guess I wasn't sick. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just like small things here and there where I'm like, maybe, but it's kind of a stretch for me. Okay. Like, I don't think, I think it's maybe a bit of a stretch for me to like think that like he never realizes he's never been sick before. Yeah. But like, then I was trying to think of like, when's the last time I've been sick? And like, I don't know, but I know I have been. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know how to take that. Like, what is he, like, 40 in this? To, like, never... Yeah, something like, yeah, something like that. But then again, like, I've never broken a bone or anything like that either. Yeah. So, like, I stay relatively yeah. unharmed. I mean... <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you kind of you kind of brought me around to the whole, like, him ripping the car door off. And, like, yeah, where, like, if you have adrenaline, you can do crazy things mm-hmm. when you're pushed to that point and but i don't know there's like maybe things i don't know like it's just there's like certain things where it's like it takes him a while to like kind of like discover things where it's like you didn't know you had that <laughs> and but then again like i i i'm not it doesn't draw like a lot of attention to it and does and it doesn't really take a deep dive where you really question yeah. that you're just kind of like, Oh yeah, I can kind of see that. Yeah. Like for almost everything, like he never real, like when he was testing his strength, let's just get to the weightlifting. Yeah. Thing here. <laughs> but let me finish my thought really quick. And why don't you pass me one of those there too? Do it. Um, so like he doesn't realize how strong he ever was, but he was in football. And if he's had this, like, this kind of like ability his whole life. Yeah. I, I, but at the, at the same time when he is weightlifting down there, they don't say like an, an over exaggerant amount of like weight that he's lifting. Yeah. Like it doesn't say like how much you put on there. 4,000 pounds. Yeah. Like it's nothing like that. But he does have like, he goes from like struggling. He does like a hundred pound jump. Yeah. And he's like, that probably doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just want, I, I I don't know. Like, maybe it's the point where it's like a mind over matter type thing where it's like, I don't think I've ever bent 250 pounds before. And then he eventually adds enough where it's like 350 pounds. And he's just like, yeah, I'm struggling to get this up, but I wonder if, like, that would be every single time. Like, put 500 on there. And he's like, yeah. yep, I can do it. I'm struggling, but I can I mean, put it up. I'm not hating that because I, I can see where it's, like, like people can convince themselves that they aren't, like, to this potential. And then once they are put in that situation and they have to do it, then it's like, oh, shit, I can do that. Right. I get that. My my problem with the... Do you want me to get into the whole... Yeah, I do. Weight? I'm super curious. <laughs> so, my whole thing... Well, the weightlifting scene in this... I, I sent a, tr- a message to Troy earlier in the day <laughs> where I said, the weightlifting scene in Unbreakable just totally solidifies to me that M. Night Shyamalan has never lifted weights his entire life. <laughs> because, first of all, the... Bruce Willis gets up to 350 pounds lifting weights and he's using like a, a fucking like weight set. That's like very like 
low Rud- key rudimentary it's yeah it's like it's like it's made for like it's like those like really shitty ones that you would buy like at a garage sale or like a Walmart with like the fu- yeah with like the fucking like uh the 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 like the, the shitty leg presses where you put the fucking plastic weights on it and you're like <laughs> oh look at me i'm working out and uh-huh. shit and then like they show the weights that they have on there that's not like first of all when he's doing <laughs> quote unquote 250 pounds that is not 250 pounds. <laughs> I, I wondered if that was going to be your... There is no way in fuck that that is 250 pounds. There is no weight on there. Not one of those plates on there is probably more than 30 pounds. Right, and he has like right. six on each side. And they get relatively smaller as they go down. Like, at best, he maybe has like maybe 150... Maybe... 175 on that bar. Right. Yeah, I, I I believe you on that. And then and then when he puts the paint cans on where it's like this is going to be way more weight. That's probably an extra 20 pounds. Right. Right. <laughs> like it's not it's not where it's like I need to put more weight on. I better put these paint cans on or it's like how many people have you seen walk out with paint cans being like, Jesus Christ, this paint! <laughs> I'm gonna get fucking yoked up on this paint! <laughs> also, he has his son hide behind a wall. Yeah, like, like he's gonna blow up if he can't fucking lift his <laughs> weight. I thought that too. Because, like, his son is literally staying like 10 feet away, and he's like, You better back up. You better like, back what up. The like, fuck? Are you gonna what fucking you... explode if you can't lift this weight? Are you worried about like, maybe you shitting your pants so hard you hit him with shit? And like his son is like terrified, like, oh my god, he's gonna spontaneously combust if he can't lift this weight. Yeah. <laughs> Even though poking fun at this scene is <laughs> pretty fun. I I I I was watching it and I'm like, I can't really tell what, what Joel is gonna be talking about when he wants to talk about the weightlifting scene, <laughs> unless he's gonna be talking about that possibly cannot be 350 no pounds. No way fuck. Which I definitely believe you. That's not yeah. 350 I've pounds. Seen, I've seen like 350 pounds on bars and it's like, it needs to like, on like a professional bar, which that's not, it takes up like half the fucking space on it with like <laughs> nothing but 45 pound weights. <laughs> right. Right. Um... <laughs> fun. I still so like the scene anyway. It's, it's still fun. Yeah. But <laughs> it looks nothing like 350 pounds, though. No, it does unless not. Unless that bar, unless that bar is made of solid lead, there's no <laughs> way all those fuck. weights are solid lead. <laughs> yeah, and then no you just have fuck. lead paint. There's <laughs> <laughs> no way it fuck. Oh, oh shit! Man. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what did you? I, what? Oh, another thing I forgot in this too is like I I knew. Obviously, he has an aversion to water. Like, yeah. he can't swim. It's like, you know what? Secret secret of my life right now? My dad can't swim. Doesn't Mm-mm. know how. So Don't tell people. Well, They're going to try and come out and throw him in lakes. <laughs> They're going to find anyone, out who your dad is. If anyone out there finds my dad, please do not throw him in a lake. Don't throw <laughs> Troy the Max's dad in a lake. I'm going to um, tell you where Troy works so you can find his dad. No! And then, you're gonna throw him in a lake. It's my biggest fear. <laughs> telling people who that is the, their most ridiculous fear. <laughs> Me telling people where you work so they put all together to find your dad. 
to throw him in a lake. <laughs> throw him in some body of water. <laughs> anyway, um, I but I totally forgot that he the reason he gets himself in that little uh, pickle is that he's yeah. like chasing down like a murderer, yeah, and possible rapist. I would assume. Yeah, that mom at the end had some shit done to her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, I was like, holy fuck, I forgot how dark this gets. Even it like does, yeah. Earlier on, in when he's kind of like realizes he has that ability to see like what's going on, which just can't be like the first time that's ever happened. He has to have that ability. For he a has, while. but he kind of plays it off where it's like he has a feeling about people. Like that's why that, that's why I like that that power of his, where it's like it's something you can kind of. Not brush off, but you can kind of be like, I just kind of, I got like a feeling about people. Oh, so he's got like writes it off as like a hunch. Yeah, like when when he does it at the in the in the line. Uh huh. When he bumps into that guy with the camo shirt, like camo like moo moo. It's yeah. like Jesus Christ. <laughs> like a camo trench coat. <laughs> the ugliest a, thing ever. A weird to wear to a fucking ba- like football game. <laughs> yeah. That's the weirdest fucking thing. Yeah. But when he like bumps into him and then he like he fucking like has it where like he like. The guy, like, pats down people to, like, make sure he doesn't get in with, like, a gun. Like, how he describes what he sees, I mean, I can kind of maybe see someone... Yeah, like, putting it together that's, like... Put it together where it's, like, I like, I, I know people like that, and I got this feeling about him. Just make sure you check him to make sure. Right. Yeah, I, I felt the same way during that, too. Yeah. Um, But then other times when, like, he bumped into that lady, like, dragging her kid out of there... And he had that, like, premonition of her just beating that kid yeah. at home. But it was, like, so, like, it was, like, really faint. Like, it was, like, really, really, like, sudden. Yeah. Where it's, like, it wasn't enough for, like, he got a full-on vision of it. It was just kind of a boop! And then you're, like, oh, fuck. Yeah. But, I mean, still at the same time, like, it'd be weird just bump into a, a bunch of people and then bump into one lady and it's like, oh, she probably beats her kids. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... In all honesty, don't we, like, just, like, go through, like... <laughs> yes, I've I I've done know. shit like that, too, where I'm like, that <laughs> motherfucking per- That person does some shit. That... <laughs> she definitely beats kids. <laughs> yeah, I, I know we do the same shit. Um, there's a- actually an internet rumor that that kid being dragged away is uh, McAvoy's character Ooh, in Split. That'd be cool. It's just a fun little thing to that'd put together. Cool. Um, and then... Uh shoot! What, where, I had a, an endpoint to this conversation, and I've 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 just lost it. Anyway, the murderer in this, when he finally yeah. <laughs> finds out in like that train station or w- whatever it is, yeah, like he goes into the when he finally figures out that he is definitely like super powerful. Then yeah. like he goes to Mister Glass, and he's like, "Well, then you got to." You gotta really test this shit out. You gotta right. really find out like how good you are at it. And then that's when he like reaches his full potential where it's like people he touches, like he can see like the last really terrible thing they did. Yeah. And that this is when it went from like, okay, we're kind of embracing like right up before this point. Yeah. It's kind of embracing its full, like, kind of campiness where it's like 
yes, David, you have powers. You should go test them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, when he's testing them and he finds all these, like, bad things, it gets instantly real again. Yeah. Because it's shitty real life yeah, and Yeah, it's not, like, super, like, this guy wants to take all of the world's gold. It's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's like crazy real life, like, you can walk through... You can see yourself, like, walking through, like, a bus station and just, like, bumping into someone and being like, that guy fucking rapes people. <laughs> or you're like, oh, my God. Like, But that's, again, that's why I like this universe. It's like, it still grounds itself enough in reality where it's like, even though you have these supernatural things, you're still, it's still a supernatural, like, comic book style character who's real villain is just us <laughs> like <laughs> yeah we're we're fucked enough where it's like you don't need a super villain you just need to bump into the nearest guy you find at a train station and be like um you're my afternoon i'm spending the rest of my day on you because you're fucked you are a stinker <laughs> you're a little rascal that goes into people's houses and fucking murders them but like that even that scene where he bumps into the murderer guy and the whole scene where he comes up to the guy's door and he's like, well, can I come in? I'm just like, that gave me the fucking chills. Yeah. Like, that is so creepy. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't like some raving lunatic just being like, ah! And right. stabbing him to death. He's just like, I just want to come into your house. And you're like, man, motherfucker. I... <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I've had times where like I'm no. like I like answer the door and like the guy's just kind of off where I'm like I really hope this guy doesn't like bum rush into my house and just murder me right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially especially fucking uh Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> Those fuckers look like he want to they want to stab you to death. Oh, uh, and they want to leave a pamphlet on They want to tell you about the Lord and they want to fucking wear your skin. <laughs> That's a Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> Oh man, um, and then yeah, when it when he finally follows his dude to the house and it gets like super real and dark, where like they got their kids chained up and all that shit, and like the wife is yeah, chained not up even chained up, like they use wire and then they have like the blood, they have like the fucking like red marks around the wire where you're like ah, it just <laughs> M Night just finds a way to make the scene. To that level where it's like, okay, that's more real than like a movie like this. <laughs> yeah. Like the yeah, like the red rash blood marks around the wrists where like the wires tied. Right. And like even like the fight scene that he has with him, like when he comes back from the pool where it there's no like fancy karate, it's just a <laughs> chokehold and like the dude just running him into a bunch of shit and he just keeps holding on where it's like that's how a real fight would go. Right. It wouldn't be like this fancy haya, like right. fucking like, or yeah, shit. it's just, he just has a fucking chokehold on him and the dude is just throwing him into shit, trying to get him off until he like suffocates and dies. Right. And, but, but I think that's what I like about it where he's instilling comic book ethics into the real world where like, this is, this is, this is a superhero, but he's instilling real life ideals into like how he fights and how he like saves people yeah super it's like a super grounded story that's how yeah. it's like so easy to see like how this could kind of happen like in real life even though he's got these weird supernatural but it's like only slightly elevated supernatural abilities where it's not yeah. like far-fetched when it like i don't want to jump to the next movie quite yet but like 
it takes a bigger leap in the next movie. Yeah. But it's still, I don't think, completely out there. But I'll save that for yeah. our next week. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I agree with you. Uh, even, I feel like it even, it, it, it still stays in realism, like how it's introduced when, like, he comes into the fucking car. But I'll, I'll talk about that yeah, next week. Right. But, yeah, like, like, that's the thing that I like the most about this movie is that, like, he still, even with all of the crazy outlandish stuff that he introduces with, like, Sam Jackson being, like, a supervillain. Right. And Bruce Willis being, like, this superhero that's borderline invincible with the ability to touch people and find out the last bad thing they did. He still finds a way to make it feel like a real-life world just based on, like, the things you encounter outside of that. Like, this localized thing of Sam Jackson and Bruce Willis are the only two weird anomalies in this world. Everything else is exactly how it is today. Yeah. It's just these two things are the, are the things that you don't encounter in everyday life. Right. And even like Sam Jackson really isn't that out there. He isn't, but he definitely is like an evil genius type. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With the things that he does. Yeah. Like a, a megalomaniac type shit, but he's, he, I guess you could see like how a person actually could be like that. Yeah. But anyway, um, what did you think about the pacing of this? Cause it is, it does have a slower pacing, but do you think that hinders the movie? My, <clears throat> my thing is I love every aspect of this movie, but the acting, I feel like M night Shyamalan Especially at this point, like, I think he's gotten better over the years, especially when he came, when he had, like, his, his comeback, when he did the, uh, that movie about, like, the weird grandparents. Uh-huh. He's gotten better at it, but I feel, especially back here, he really rode off of that success of The Sixth Sense, that he never really found out how to direct actors well. Okay. Where a lot, they only have like that drawl kind of whispery like they never really show emotion to where it's like it it stays interesting mm-hmm. i think he's a good at director in terms of like the shots that he gets yeah there's some really cool shots in here even like the the shot when elijah first when he when elijah sees his first comic book he sees it upside down and the camera keeps it where it's upside down where it kind of gives you that idea that his ideas of what he's going to read in this book are going to be skewed for, like, the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that stuff. I like when uh, Bruce Willis is having that conversation with that woman on the train in the first scene, and you're seeing it through, like, the eyes of a kid, where it's, like, he's looking through, like, the crease in the seat, and they're going back and forth between the woman and Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Like, I like small things like that. And I that's think... all one big long take, too. Yeah, yeah. I thought stuff like that was really cool. Like, he's really good at getting shots, and he's really good at... Uh, I think he, he would even be really good at the pacing. It's just that he has no idea how to direct actors where it keeps the story compelling. Like, he doesn't know how to, like, elevate certain characters to where it's like, okay, this is important. And then get to where, okay, now this is, like, more downtrodden. Like, he doesn't know how to, like, 
play with the pitch of how a character acts. He just kind of keeps it droll the whole time. Mm. Even has scenes where it's like someone is talking at Bruce Willis and he just kind of like sits there and takes it where it's like, you could have easily like cut it and just put a fucking bald mannequin there <laughs> and then go back in. And then he doesn't, he doesn't talk or doesn't move or anything. He just stands there and takes it where it's like, you're, this is your main character. Like you're supposed to like get some feeling of his emotion throughout this. And he just, he's a, he's a blank slate. A lot of the characters in this are a blank slate for the most part. Yeah. Like, um, I, I kind of I kind of agree with you that some of the characters came off droll and even points that like I didn't believe like the performance. Yeah. Um. Like a scene I'm gonna bring up in just a minute here. But like I th- is this the point where like Bruce Willis is just playing himself? Maybe, but I've seen Bruce Willis play. I don't think this is Bruce Willis. I think this is M Night Shyamalan because even Robin Wright, like Robin Wright, is a fucking good actress, and yeah. she sucks in this. I thought there was some points that she was kind of droll, but I I didn't hate her in this. Uh, the I I guess the the one scene I wanted to talk about is like the scene with the gun at the kitchen table. Yeah, like I didn't believe any of that tension in there, no. and I thought all the line deliveries were kind of odd. Yeah. Like I, I, to me, I, I just couldn't believe the scene, and I was kind of glad when it was over. But the scene is like actually based on like a real life thing that happened to George Reeves, who played Superman, like back in the forties or fifties, I think. Yeah. He showed up at like a kid's birthday, <clears throat> and the kid pulled his dad's gun on him, and is like, "I, you can't die because you're Superman." And George Reeves just shits in his briefs, like, yeah. Uh, listen, kid, if you shoot me, it'll bounce off me and hit somebody else, so you should probably give me the gun. And, like, yeah. that's it happened in real life. Yeah. Like, in that one movie where uh, Ben Affleck plays George Reeves, like, they they play out that scene really? in that movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know how good it is, because I've never seen that movie. I just know that it happens in that, yeah. in that movie or whatever. I mean, yeah, it's a cool scene, but it's, it's just, I don't know. I feel like M. Night Shyamalan... He stumbled on to The Sixth Sense, where it gave him such success that he went on to make other films, but he never learned how to get a good performance out of a, out of an actor. Like, this, a lot of the success of The Sixth Sense rode off of that amazing ending. Yeah. And then, going on to this, he didn't really... I feel like he, he should have gotten more training to just fucking... Know how to get a performance out of an actor because I see a lot of this shit all the time where it's like these like crazy like quote unquote art films fucking get like these drawl ass performances out of actors and then they like kind of like try and play it off as like no it's artistic where it's like no you just don't know how to fucking direct an actor mm. you don't know how to get the performance you want so you just make everyone talk drawl and like very monotone. So it's like a blank slate for like the story you want to tell. I have an, I I believe Emlet Shemlon is a great storyteller. He just it just doesn't know how to portray it through an actor or an actress. Mm. I cuz I liked this I the the story the movie tells I liked, but <clears throat> I was trying to, to figure out why I was falling asleep while watching it and then I came to the conclusion that it's just the actors don't know what they're doing in the scene to really put across that this is what they feel. This is what's going on. And so it's like, 
taking a scene for what it is, I'm bored. But the story as a whole, like, thinking back at the entire movie, it's good. It just, <laughs> it's just, it never sells itself to me through its actors. Mm. I, um, just going by pacing alone, I never was bothered by the slow nature of it. Um, I don't, I'm not bothered by slow movies. I just, I want... I just want something I can invest in. Yeah, and yeah. Nobody gave me anything to invest in. Yeah, and I, um, and I can't see to me like I don't know if I'm gonna believe so much that uh, for Bruce Willis's instance, for example, like, or if he's at this point kind of like I'm just gonna play the character I always play, and that it's it's kind of a shame that I can't tell what is what. Yeah. Um, but we, yeah, with, uh, why am I blanking on her name? Robin Wright. Robin Wright, yeah. Um, I did feel like sometimes she came off a little flat too. Yeah. But it went, that, but then at some points, they're not really at the best of points in their lives. They're like possibly going through a divorce maybe. Like they, they could have played this up really cool where I felt like the reason why their relationship was falling apart was because Bruce Willis can't be close too close to somebody because he has that thing where it's like if you touch someone you can see the terrible shit they did Mm -hmm. where it's like yeah he loves her but like every time because even like if you kind of like pay attention to the whole movie like he kind of keeps his distance from her even when they're on their on their date Mm -hmm. where it's like he he loves her he just doesn't want to see the shitty shit she's done and that's what that's what skews his his perception of her. Yeah, like he wants to maintain that love for her without see without constantly having to see what's the what's the last terrible thing she did. Mm-hmm. And it's like maybe that like he's at a point in his life where like he doesn't realize that he has that power. But like when he touches her and he's just like I just, I just have a bad feeling about you. That's what keeps that distance between them. Where yeah. like she's trying to let him in, but he won't let himself because it's like I just don't feel right about you because of this uh just speculation point what do you think is the reason they're getting divorced is it just that they're he like resents not being able to follow up with what he wanted to do when he was a kid and it's finally now just getting to him or do you think that robin wright's character actually did something for him to want to like separate or what i think him resenting her, I think that's her reasoning for why he's so distant. But I think the real reason is because when he touches people, he sees the last terrible thing yeah. he did. They did, and because when he touches her and sees all the shit, like a person as good as they are, they do they do shitty shit regardless. Yeah. Right? There's things we hide from each other all the time that we don't tell anybody, even like people that are the closest to us. There's, there's still certain things that we hide from them. Mm-hmm. He can see it all. Mm-hmm. And even when he doesn't really realize it and he touches her and he sees it, like that's that's just an image that he can't get out of his head. And that's what kind of like makes him distance himself from her. Mm-hmm. Like even at the beginning, he wants to fuck that chick on the train. Yeah. And he even takes off his wedding band and yeah. sticks in his pocket. And then like that's why he puts it because when he, he shakes her hand to figure out what, what she's doing, I bet she's going she's going where she's going because she's, she's going to cheat on her husband. Because he, he shakes her hand and says, oh, so what are you up to? And she's like, I'm married. And he's like, oh, well, well, I'm sorry. 
Because she was like, she like said it like he, she expected him to see her ring, but she's totally going to go cheat on her husband. And that's what he saw because it's like, oh, well, I can get away with it. She's already in a relationship. I can just fuck her. We don't have any kind of emotional ties. <laughs> I didn't take it like this. At no, all. no, 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 no. It's from what, from his perspective, if he were to come across a, a woman that's already married and is already uh, with the intention of cheating on her husband, it's the perfect relationship for him because he can have sex with her. There's no emotional ties. And then they have a reason to separate completely afterwards. There's no emotional strings that can, that can tie back to either or. So that's why he, he keeps hitting on her after he shakes her hand because he sees that she already has the intention to cheat on her husband. And then when she says, well, I'm married. And he's like, oh, okay, well, uh, I, I guess I didn't see your ring. And she, like, acts offended. She didn't see his ring. She didn't see her ring. Where it's like, that's that's kind of like his go-to. He goes on the train and finds people that he can kind of have have an emotional tie to that can be cut off immediately because of the situation. Mm. That's what I saw that scene as. It's quite a theory. I don't see it like that at all. But Well, you just... You don't still watch cinema like me. I guess not. I just <laughs> I don't extrapolate on opening scenes as much as that. Um, but anyway, that's pretty much all I got about uh, Unbreakable that I can yeah. think of. Yeah. Anyway, um, what uh, what would you want to grade this bad boy? Like, like I said, I I thought the movie was interesting. I liked the way the story progressed, but again, I can't get over how like borderline terribly the, the actors are act, are directed in this movie i can't i just can't even like sam jackson feels like he's watered down in this like i feel like he could have gotten way more of a performance out of him if the director knew how to like harness that sam jackson-ness mm. out of him like even he feels like he's just kind of like tethered down a little bit mm. so i'm gonna give it like Maybe like a lower end of a B, borderline B minus, because I just I just can't get over it. I I like it's interesting. It just doesn't stick out to me. Mm. Um, I think it's resonated me like with quite a bit more. Like I I don't know if I completely agree with the not being able to direct directors. I know at when he made this, he was a like not as seasoned. Yeah. So that could be a chunk of it. This makes me want to go back and watch the sixth sense. See, I'm going to piggyback on that for a second because the sixth sense is also kind of like downplayed a little bit too. Yeah. And I wondered if he wanted just the kind of the same kind of tone for this. And he kind of just said, Hey, did you see the sixth sense kind of be like that? Yeah. So I don't know if that's true or not. The, the acting only got to me in like a few places. Otherwise I thought it was fine for what the movie was. The pacing didn't bother me. I kind of like the slow burn of it. And then you learn about David Dunn as it goes along. And I, I'm just a fan of comic stuff. So like that also adds in. So I think I add, I like this uh, uh, more than you, but I'm going to give this a fairly high grade, but I'm teetering on an a minus. Okay. I, I really dig this movie. Yeah, no, I I get it. I I liked it for what it is. It's just I can't get over the just the drawl, just monotoneness of people talking. Yeah, the whole time. That, that that's fine. 
Different strokes, man. Gonna, Whatever, dude. I'm Whatever, not, man. Like Die Hard's Christmas That's movie. totally like your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're gonna fight about this. <laughs> I'm done fighting. I don't. I don't I'm don't gonna care. BVS this shit. <laughs> So there you go. Uh, a little bit of a discrepancy here between our yeah between our fine between our fine hosts. There's a bit of a discrepancy. Yeah. I'd like to know what uh, what's his name would think of our opinions. What's his name? The guy that did the email. For <laughs> this. Sean under Sean. an anchor. Yeah. Um. Well, I know he really liked it, so I'm assuming he's going to be more upward towards me. Not to gang up on you, but yeah. it is a gang fight at this but, point. No, no, Sean, <laughs> check out the movie again. See if you... Yeah, revisit this bad boy. Revisit it. Get, get back to us. See if you uh, you either side more with uh, T-Max or with me. I'm not saying I hate the movie altogether. Right. I didn't take it as that. I'm just saying no, there, there's things that just kind of rub me the wrong way in terms of the acting. I feel like you're trying to defend yourself, and I'm not trying to... Look, man! <laughs> Oh, shit, I pulled a gun. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't shoot me. If you shoot me, I'm going to New York. <laughs> um, so did you get into anything else besides Unbreakable this last week? Well, uh, me and Molly watched Roma. I already brought that up earlier. Uh-huh. Uh, I saw the film Assassination Nation. Oh, yeah? I brought this up a while. Like, I remember like we brought this up in a trailer and you said that you... <laughs> Didn't even want to touch it because it looked like, as you like to say, shock value schlock. Oh, I, <laughs> kudos to me. I like that term. I don't remember this at all. It's uh, it's like a, it's like that movie about like a small town where people are using like social media and then all their shit gets leaked, and then uh, no, I don't know. like they go crazy and like start killing each other. Some classic shock value schlock. There you go. But uh, <laughs> I actually really enjoyed it. Okay. I would highly suggest checking it out. Like, I don't, I don't even know. It might have it made my list if I would have seen it before we did it last week. Oh, but, my. But I, I, lo- I like what their take on it where they really, like, stress, like, how, like, the internet and social media lifestyle really changes, like, how people interact with each other, even when it comes out where like we almost kind of like aim for the wrong people when people's information gets leaked, where instead of like trying to like actually figure out like who the fuck is leaking this shit, we just look right at the people whose information got leaked and be like, you're a piece of shit. (laughs) We're going to keep reminding you're a piece of shit until you kill yourself. Right. It's like, Jesus Christ. I mean, they're just living their fucking lives, man. Yeah. Like, there's, like, a scene in here where, like, the, the principal has uh, pictures on his computer of, like, his kid taking a bath when she was younger. And they're like, what a fucking pedophile. He's trying to fuck his own daughter. Where it's like, you're putting that on the hand? Like, it's just a picture of his daughter in a bath. Right. Like, is it weird? Maybe. But, like, it's not sexual. Right. <laughs> but it's like, he wants to fuck his daughter. And they're like, shut the fuck up. Like, he... Like, but it's like shit like that, and you can totally see people going to that now, where it's like people are constantly dissecting. Anytime someone's shit gets leaked, people are dissecting it and drawing their own conclusions, and, and already, yeah, yeah, and already figuring out exactly who that person is based on like what they want them to be. 
And they really stress that in like a really like profound way in this, like to the extent where it's, it's definitely like uh way overdone, mm-hmm. but like, I feel like, especially nowadays you need to have that to be like, well, that would never happen. And then when you think about it or it's like, well, I mean, it, maybe not <laughs> like it's an over-stylized version, but it makes you think like it needs to be something so over-stylized that it almost draws it back to like, okay, maybe, yeah, it could happen. If, um, just going a little tangent here, if you listen to, uh, the podcast I do with my wife called uh, Charm Type, which everybody should. It's a fun little family podcast uh, about our lives, and it's about only 30 minutes long, and it ends with yeah. a fun song every every episode. But anyway, yeah. I brought up that I am going off Facebook for a while. Yeah. I took it off my home screen even, yeah. so I don't even have the option to do it. The only time I opened it up today was to show somebody a picture of my daughter. <laughs> but that was that was the only time I went on it today, and I don't feel like I missed anything really. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good experiment. I'm yeah. actually gonna try to keep track of how many times I go into it. It plays a lot with like 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 super toxic masculinity that we have nowadays too, mm. where it's like the like the the main people that you follow are like these four like these four high school or high school girls, where it's like. They're in high school. They have enough of a reason to be kind of naive and kind of, like, fall into situations. But yet, like, the things that are proposed by these, like, 40, 30, like, late 30s, early 40-year-old men Mm -hmm. for them to do gets put back on them where it's like, well, if you didn't dress so sexually, then they they wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been tempted by you. And then it's all put on them where it's like... Fuck you if you're just some douchey horn dog fuckface <laughs> yeah. that Horny wants to fuck. Yeah, like it's not on them. It's you're just a fucking pervert, and you're just trying to find a way to skirt your responsibility to make you seem like not less of a dickhead. And so, and they they really like play that ahead. I I, I liked it. <laughs> I have I have opinions. Nation. I have opinions. <laughs> I fucking hate people. <laughs> Oh, brother. So, uh, what can they people watch that on? Uh, I, I, I ran the disc. God damn! <laughs> your fucking discs! It almost is bothersome to me at this point. The discs, man! <laughs> the discs! But, the, but it's streaming. You can watch on Amazon. It should right, be rent huh? it and stuff. Fair enough. And, you you uh, won me over on that. <laughs> <laughs> One more thing. Uh, on HBO, they have the movie Pirate Radio. I've never uh-huh. saw it before. Molly loves it because she saw it in theaters when it came out. That movie is fun as fuck. I want to say I really wanted to see that when it was advertised, and I never got around to seeing it's, it. It's it's mostly a British cast, but it's got Philip Seymour Hoffman in it, and right. it's about like there's a period in like the late '60s where Britain was being like super stingy and only allowing radios to play an hour of rock music a day mm-hmm. and this was like when like the beatles were coming out and the fucking right. rolling stones and like britain the had the British fucking invasion yeah right? the britain had like the best fucking rock scene in the world and their fucking government was being like <laughs> pretty much with their white wigs and <laughs> yeah yeah so so in order to make up for that these ships would park off the coast of britain 
and broadcast their own radio stations where they could get away with anything. They could like, they would say fuck and shit all the time (laughs) because they had no, there was no restrictions to it because they were off. They were like in like foreign international waters pretty much. Yeah. So like, it's kind of like the story of that. And there's like, there's not much of a plot to it, but it's just a fucking fun movie. Okay. And the soundtrack is amazing. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Like when we get off, I'm going to fucking play a song for you. You're probably (laughs) going to play it for your charm type. Oh, I hope so. Because it's a fucking awesome song. Great. But the whole fucking, it's just all of that late 60s, like, like early to late 60s music that's just fucking awesome. It's the soundtrack. And they play it nonstop throughout. And it's a fun fucking movie. Nice. And it's on HBO for free. Oh, there you go. No disc. No disc! (laughs) (laughs) Um, what else have I been into? I don't know if I... Well, I ended up watching the... What we're going to be reviewing for Monday. Yeah. So that's fun. Um, so I'll get into that on Monday, so you'll hear about that. On Monday. Um, but otherwise I don't think I've been much into... Anything else that I can think of? Uh, Macy has a new obsession of watching Boss Baby. <laughs> I heard so... about this on your guys's charm type. Oh my god, Boss Baby fucking sucks. You know what? February needs to come around sooner rather than later so we can get her stuck on Paddington. Oh my god, if only she liked Paddington more. <laughs> She was not interested in really? in the live action <laughs> stuff. Like the bear looks real enough that she's probably that's a real bear. I don't, I want to see animated babies, but like I should re- try to record her someday, and play it to see like how adorable she asks me how to watch stuff. Because every day I'm like, okay, Macy, you were a good girl today. Do you want to watch something? Uh, Coco. Like you want to watch Coco, baby. Oh, oh, you no. want to watch Boss Baby? <laughs> yeah. And oh, so no. I'll put on Boss Baby and I'll go do something around the house and kind of peek in and see if she's still watching. She usually is, standing an inch away from the TV. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to make dinner. Do you want to watch something else? You want to come eat? Coco. Oh, no. <laughs> do you want, okay, you want to watch Coco? Baby. Baby. <laughs> I'm like, no, we already watched Baby. Elmo? You want to watch Elmo? baby no no we're not gonna watch baby again coco and it's like oh my god i'm stuck in a fucking black mirror loop (laughs) (laughs) so regardless the options pop up on the bottom of the screen coco coco elmo baby (laughs) uh so anyway i'm not even joking when she realized boss baby was a thing we probably was on nine times over the weekend oh my god it was hard we need to do an extra episode on uh tintin we'll see if we can get her stuck on tintin okay that's fine it's animated right it's animated so maybe she'll be into it we'll see oh my god fucking boss baby motherfucking boss you know what also pisses me off too (laughs) so (laughs) boss baby has a netflix series yeah, uh, like uh, like an after Boss Baby. But if you have you seen Boss Baby, no. If you've seen Boss Baby, the series makes no fucking sense <laughs> because it can't continue after the movie. <laughs> Spoilers for Boss Baby: He retires from being Boss Baby and becomes a kid, and just boss becomes kid? a normal kid. 
becomes bo- bo- boss kid. <laughs> boss kid? <laughs> no. He just becomes regular baby. Like a little brother. And so the boss baby story cannot continue. Is it a prequel? No, because it can't be a prequel. Because the whole boss baby story takes place uh, within like a, a week's time. And you get to see all of it. Like, they're chummy chummy in this series. They are not chummy chummy until the end of this movie. The brothers, the the brother and the baby. It's not like the Beauty and the Beast sequel where it takes place during Christmas? Uh, maybe, but <laughs> fuck that. You know what? Just suck on it, boss baby. You stink. DreamWorks, I don't know. It's not another boss baby? Maybe another boss baby comes down? It's not another boss baby. It's a... <laughs> Anyway, I'm gonna make it. this work, Troy. That's what I God. you you can't. I'm gonna it, go home and do my research. It's all and come broken. Back to you with a report, report. I go for it. <laughs> Please do a deep dive into Boss Baby. <laughs> do it and just fucking lose your you fucking just, mind. You didn't get it, Troy. Like <laughs> <laughs> I don't care at all about Boss Baby enough that every time I put it on, like I'm not paying attention, and I'll come into the room and be like. This is in the movie? Like, every single time I'm like, I don't remember this. And it's the same Why movie every time. Why two people fucking in Boss Baby? I'm like, God, what is going on in this? I Someone's don't know. Someone's getting their dick sucked in Boss Baby. Anyway, that's all I've been into this last week. This sucks. You have just have no idea what your daughter's watching. You just put on you just put on Boss Baby and you walk in. There's two people stabbing homeless people while they fuck in Boss Baby. Oh, shit. I accidentally put on bum fights. Why does Netflix have bum fights in the kids' section? Why is Boss Baby eating a live gerbil? <laughs> uh, anyway, that's it. That's I, I've been into nothing else besides Just that. Just Boss Baby. Uh, well, JT, uh, if people want to try to get on your side to convince me that Boss Baby might be right, <laughs> the right thing for my life at this point. Hashtag Boss Baby is right. <laughs> Where where could they do that? They can find me at Bucky for everyone on Twitter. Also Bucky for everyone on Instagram. Him at Bucky on Snapchat. I didn't. I don't think I said a word there, but it was all one word, really. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at Chord of the Max on Twitter. You can find us both at Review Review Pod on Twitter. Uh, all of our new episodes are uploaded onto Facebook.com slash Review Review Pod, as well as our hosting site ReviewReviewPod.Podbean.com. My mustache stuck in my beard. <laughs> saw that whole thing. It sucks, dude. It's a, it's a real problem for people that have mustaches. If if they're like long mustaches, you're mustache will get stuck in the tab of your beer oh and it will goodness. pull out and it will hurt um our mustachioed listeners out there hit them up on bucky for everyone it sucks <laughs> Let, let's let's vent together start a start a start a thread let's vent together uh you can also find us on other platforms such as stitcher spotify google podcast uh alexa devices youtube uh, all that kind of stuff. If you listen to us on an Apple product, which people are prone to do, you can uh, listen there and rate and review us, because if you like the show, that helps other people find the show. And if you want to write into the show, like our good pal Eric, and uh, Under an Anchor did yeah. this last week, yes. you can do so at reviewreviewpod at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Coming up on Monday, JT, we already kind of teased it. Uh, I just finished it the other night. We're reviewing Bandersnatch. That's right. We'll talk full. about what what endings did we experience. Oh. 
curious. I'm also curious. What, what, what road did you go down, Troy? Oh, well, we will find out on Monday, we'll won't we? Out. Yeah, there you go. The the Choose Your Own Adventure episode of Black Mirror on Netflix called Bandersnatch. We're going to be talking about it in full on Monday. So uh, use the weekend to find as many mm. endings as you can. Yeah, I read up on some. Um, I, well, I'll get into it on Monday. Okay. <laughs> uh, I feel like I just want to jump into it right now, and I, uh, I can't do that. Okay, well, we're gonna do a giant episode, so here's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> uh, but, uh, is that it? Is that all we're doing? I think so. Yep. So, and on Thursday. And then Thursday. Oh, yeah, we're do doing we Split. Yes. Still trying to find a way where we don't have to buy it. Yeah, it's, for some reason you can't rent it, and it's being dumb, we're probably going to have to buy it. It eh, sucks. It's fine. But, Whatever. It, you know, I bought Punisher Warzone. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not going to be the worst thing I ever bought. But, so, we'll see. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, it could be... Uh, Split and then um, leading into our review of uh, Glass, which I heard is a mess. Some fun maybe, shows Maybe Maybe we'll up. be surprised. Like, yeah, anyway, we'll get, we'll get to those in we'll the future, get, We'll get to we? those, yep. All right, so uh, up until Monday, where we're coming at you with Bandersnatch, and we're continuing our Shamalanaverse into Thursday with Split. Yep. I've been short of the Max Extreme. I am JD3K. And we 